Webmasterradio.fm. Stand by for the hook. Welcome to The Hook with Katie Kempner, Vice President of Agency Communications at Crispin Porter and Bogusky, the most awarded advertising agency in the world. Every Tuesday at the intersection of advertising and PR. The Hook, where Katie talks with advertising visionaries, top journalists, cutting-edge creatives, authors, and PR gurus. Hear what these industry insiders have to say about the changing landscape of advertising and PR today. Now, here's your host, Katie Kempner. Hello, I'm Katie Kempner, and today is Tuesday, June 6th, and you are listening to The Hook, where each week I talk to advertising, branding, and public relations insiders who are both leading and covering the industry. My hope is that these thought leaders will inspire you and offer you fresh insights that will be useful in your life with what you do. So today promises to be a very interesting show. It's all about Hispanic marketing. And Hispanic marketing is a very hot topic right now, and it's a buzzword that's bandied around a lot. When I decided, when I was thinking about doing a show focusing on the topic, I tried to figure out who would be the best person to talk about it, and I was not able to convince him, but I knew who it should be. Luckily, I did convince him, so it was with great pleasure that I introduced Frank Trulunk, founder and president of the Hispanic Marketing Group. Frank, thank you so much for joining me today. Why, thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate that opening. <laughs> so, I won't say how I was able to convince you. We'll leave that to ourselves. <laughs> So this is going to be fun, but just a quick background on you because you have had such a an exciting and varied career, which uh, is why I wanted you on because I thought it made you sort of uniquely qualified to discuss the many aspects of Hispanic marketing. Um, you started your career at Telemundo as a producer and later a news director before going into product development and entertainment marketing at Telemundo, then went off, had your own agency for many years, and during that time, you helped shape Michelle Watches with their branding strategy to the point where they were bought by Fossil. Um, I know you also put together all, all sorts of media events and concerts with various Latin stars like Celia Cruz and Willie Torino. Um, oh, yeah. You sold the agency and went to work for .com, where you were hired to reposition LaMusica.com, the Internet component of Spanish Broadcasting Systems, and there you worked on the uh, first Latin Grammy Awards. And then you moved on to Pooch, which is confusing because it's spelled P-U-I-G, where you were the uh, Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing for the U.S. for five years until recently when you founded the Hispanic Marketing Group. Am I right about all this? You are totally on target, <laughs> and that's... Uh... You know, that's one of the reasons I wanted to come on the show with you because, you know, I think you're, you're one of the few people in the industry that actually has enough vision to, to see a broader picture. And um, that plethora of assignments that I've uh, put onto my plate and have accomplished in the years have really given me a tremendous insight into the marketplace that, that today is one of the fastest growing segments, I believe, in our country. Well, let's go right from, let's, let's just jump right in then from the beginning. I mean, Hispanic marketing, I said it's such a buzzword people are throwing around. What does it really mean, and what is it meant to accomplish that's different from just your standard marketing plan? Well, I mean, you're, you're looking at a segment of the population that uh, really jump-started with the 2000 census, at least jump-started to, to general market visionaries and general market eyes in, with the 2000 census, mm-hmm. and uh, has essentially been the fastest-growing segment for the U.S. population. 
over the last 10 years and is projected to increase to a point where by uh, 20, I think it's 2017, will be a major, made, the, the majority of the, the U.S. population will have a Hispanic component to it. So it's, a, it's a, an enormous number that today comprises 13% of the U.S. population. So that, that is what the U.S., the, the big buzz is really, wow, I think people are starting to freak out at, well, where did all these people come from? You know, where does this segment come from? And then the next element that, they, that comes to mind to them is, well, how do I reach these people? Because you can't reach them in the, you know, I can't just have my standard marketing plan and reach them that way? Well, you're looking at a population that is comprised of a, it's a it, think, of, think of what America is all about. It's a, it's a melting pot. And when we look at the U.S. Hispanic population, not just the, the global Hispanic population, but the U.S. Hispanic population, we're looking at a melting pot of Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, Cubans, Colombians, Dominicans, uh, you know, all kinds of Caribbean culture, Argentinians, everybody coming into one place. And although the one relevancy that really exists amongst all of these people is the language, mm-hmm. the one element that is different amongst them I call their ethnicity. I like to call their ethnicity. You know, some of them eat red beans, some of, eat, some of them eat black beans, some of them have, they're just culturally slightly different. And they consider themselves very special and they're proud of their heritage and who they are. So... Each population, you know, the Mexican identifies himself with the Mexican, and so does the Cuban and the Puerto Rican and the Dominican. And Mm -hmm. that aspect is what has made it complicated or complex, I should say, in reaching the entire U.S. market with one unified campaign, at least to date. We're we're seeing changes in that. Well, so that sounds like a little even even more confusing in the sense is is saying Hispanic marketing too much of an umbrella term? Do you actually have to market to individual Hispanic cultures differently within your Hispanic marketing plan? There are two ways of looking at that. One is if you're dealing with a particular region in the, in the population that is of one particular ethnicity, mm-hmm. it pays to market to that particular ethnicity if that's the group that you're trying to reach. If you're trying to develop a campaign that is uh, nationally based and broad based and wants to reach out to multiple ethnicities of Hispanics, then the approach has to change. So can you give me an example? Of how to do a national versus a regional? Well, look, uh, when I think of marketers, I think of four types of marketers, Hispanic marketers. You have the classic and committed marketer. You have um, the people that are new believers you know, that just opened their eyes and saw it. You have the uncertain bunch that try a few regional spot buys and are just kind of testing the waters. Mm-hmm. And then you have the not-for-me, not-now group. The, uh, up until, you know, more, more recently, Hispanic market has generally been done regionally. And this is something that just, just recently in the upfront, I was there a couple weeks ago in New York, mm-hmm. um, you could see how Univision has positioned itself not against other Hispanic media channels, but they actually positioned themselves against all of the general market networks. And that, to me, was, a, was an interesting moment when, when, when I saw that because, you know, when you really stop and think about it, you see that in certain key markets, like South Florida, for example, Univision Television is not the strongest Hispanic station in the market. Mm-hmm. It is the strongest television network or strongest television channel in the market. So it tells you how popular and strong the, the Hispanic networks have become 
that they can get a national message across. So Univision, you know, has, is, it offers an opportunity to be able to deliver a, a national message in a way that is effective mm-hmm. and uh, gets the point across to all types of Hispanics. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you a little, some, some more examples. I mean, do you, do you think that corporations and marketers, or do you think like marketers within corporations today for the most part are rising to the occasion and reaching out to Hispanics, or they're, they're not really there yet? I think they are. I think we're seeing we're seeing more and more of it as we go along. Like you can look at the uh, Pepsi C campaign, or um, the Chevy campaign, where they use the word caliente inside mm-hmm. of their general market ads. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see an integration of Latin culture starting to become part of the general market population, general market uh, advertising. Ooh, I like how you say caliente. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, you know, it's funny because it's here in Miami all the time. It's like the newscasters that are just saying the news in perfect English until they get to their name, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> no, so tell me some other corporations that you think are doing it right. Well, I believe American Airlines. You know, they've, they've pretty much uh, tapped it. They, they started to realize that Hispanics that come to this country, one, travel in packs. So their groups are usually in threes and fours. Um, they've also realized that these people go home often. Mm-hmm. So here's a whole entire market segment that exists inside of the United States that are avid travelers. Mm-hmm. So they have focused campaign, their campaigns and their strategies to address the Hispanic population. That's one example. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple others that, 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 that could show you that. Like we're, Another example of how to, how to associate the culture of Hispanic into general market concepts is mm-hmm. um, with Xbox where they took the passion that Hispanics have to football or soccer. You know, <laughs> You're doing it America, again! <laughs> and, they've, and they've associated it to the passion that a gamer, a young gamer feels when they sit down and they play the Xbox. Mm-hmm. And that, that's another, uh, another point to show how the general population or some companies like Microsoft and American Airlines are starting to address Hispanic acculturation or Hispanic culture into their campaign. Well, I want to ask you also now what some marketers were. They're missing the boat or doing it wrong, but let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and you can come up with some more Caliente-type words. Uh And when we come back, we'll talk more with you. So we'll be back right after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. The Hook. We'll be back after this short break. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes, one click, great results. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? What kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. 
Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help you thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Party like a rock star. I thought you were going to stay tonight, aren't you? Well, I am. I was originally going to, you know, try and a few extra people popping into town. Going to have to hook up a few beers and, you know, get stupid back. I almost got the feeling they were tossing back some drinks or something. Maybe Matt has finally given up the Sprite. Party like a rock star. It is like after 7 o'clock down here, which means it's way past drinking time. Yep. I think I'm going to head out and we're going to go to this little club here called the Flying Saucer. Sit out on the patio, drink some Blue Moons. Party like a rock star. We'll sit down by the bay and have a, a nice evening uh, in Canada cocktail. Maybe you and I'll have to throw a party. I'll have to charge money to let people in, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would be like the guys in high school charging three bucks a head for the two kegger in the backyard. Hey, that works for me. SEO Rockstars. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Now back to The Hook. The intersection of advertising and PR. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hi, I'm Katie Kempner, and you're listening to The Hook. And today, we are talking with Frank Chulank, founder and president of the Hispanic Marketing Group. Hello, Frankie. Hello, hello. <laughs> and I, I hope it's okay if I do call you Frankie. <laughs> I love it. Anytime. Caliente, which means hot, right? That's right. Feel free to pepper your pepper this uh, Hispanic marketing program with all sorts of little phrases. Well, I'm going to try to roll my R's <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> In Espanol, roll your R's. Can I hear you roll your R's? <laughs> R con R caliente. Carro. I, I think I need a cocktail or something. I got an email the other day from somebody that listens, and he says, you know, I'm really interested in everything you talk about on this show, and it seems like you drink a lot, <laughs> which I think I must be referring to cocktails too often. But um, before the break, and uh, talking about cocktails and caliente, we were talking about corporations who are rising to the occasion, reaching out with Hispanic marketing programs. I wanted to know if you had any examples of some companies oh, – you know, that aren't doing it right. That aren't doing it right. Uh, well. Controversy. I mean, I think we have some, I mean, I'm never going to name, I don't really want to put it out there because some of these companies might end up being clients one day. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but how about broad ways that people. Well, look, I think, I think that um, there are many companies that have opened their eyes and, more importantly, their pocketbooks to make significant investments into the U.S. Hispanic market to try to reach out. Others that want to get into the Hispanic market are finding that it's not such an easy thing to do until you start to really study and understand a little bit of what the culture is about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, often, oftentimes mistakes happen simply because they, they didn't understand what the, the culture was. Like, for example, the word año in Spanish, 
A, Enye, would be the second letter O. Enye um, is a little squiggly thing over the end? That's a little, that's a little squiggle on top. I mean, should you forget to put the little squiggly thing on the top of the word "año," all of a sudden you've spelled "ano," which is, you know, derriere. (laughs) (laughs) So you could go from a year to a butt in, you know, just by a little squiggle. So there are certain things that that make a difference in Hispanic culture that, if you don't understand it, um, could be a complete derailment to your campaign. I mean, you've seen examples... For example, uh, the whole Chevy Nova campaign that, that's so historical and everybody has heard about it. Nova, of course, means doesn't go. Or the oh. most recent where we had, uh, you know, someone uh, on, on a mini campaign decided that, or, or on a car campaign decided that they were going to um, use the word uh, cojones to describe the power of the car, which to a general market population, you know, you'd say, hey, this car's got balls. You think, wow, now that's a ballsy ad, and it's kind of cool. But, you know, at the interim, they ended up offending an entire population of Hispanics <laughs> by posting it up on billboards. So it's just the sen- knowing, understanding the sensitivity of the culture and where the culture feels its, its, uh, its points can make or break a campaign for a company, for an agency, for, for in the Hispanic market as a whole. So it's, all, it's all about knowing where to place your squiggles. Correct. If you want to, uh, you know, people. That's what it's about. Um, and also understanding your marketplace. I mean, because you, you, you look at the Hispanic market as a whole and you say, wow, there's 43 million of these people out there. Let's go out there and get them. Mm-hmm. But there's levels of acculturation. Is this, is this person an immigrant? Did they just come to this country? Do they not speak English? Have they been living in this country for a long time? They do speak English, but they're completely associated to their roots. Are these people that are second and third generation born in this country that may or may not speak Spanish Mm -hmm. or identify themselves as English speakers, even though their culture is relevantly Hispanic? So all all of these issues make a difference when you're preparing and setting up a strategic campaign to try to get your message across. So is is what I'm understanding then what you're saying sort of is you need to be, I mean, if you're going to reach this these people, you know, the specific segment and, the, and, and get these dollars, you have to just have regional campaigns in addition to everything else that talk to each, you know, ethnicity? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. The answer to that question is yes and no. It's ah. and in today's And in today's marketplace, we have marketers that believe that the best way to reach Hispanics is in language, through mm-hmm. their language, mm-hmm. and it is, it's, it's a good way. And, another, and we have other marketers that are, you know, looking more towards the future and understanding that there is a differentiation between an acculturated Hispanic and an immigrant. And here, you know, here's a great example. The um, American Cancer Society, they want to get their message across to older Hispanics that they should go be tested for, for certain types of cancer. Mm-hmm. But speaking to them in their language is not necessarily reaching them, and it's not motivating them to go and be tested for cancer. So the American Cancer Society developed a campaign to address in English the children of these older people that mm-hmm. should be getting tested. Because And the campaign, um, let's see, what was it called? For the Love of Your Parents. It's all based on communicating in English to, to these children that your parents must go. So they go back to their parents and they say, Mom, Dad, Mommy, Papi, por favor, let's go check you out. And that's one example of how 
um, you can put a, put an effective message out in an English language segment that mm-hmm. fully addresses the Hispanic population. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's an interesting point. But let me ask you one more thing now, because just trying to get the full picture here. When we're talking about Hispanic marketing, and like I said, feel free to pepper your your speech with as many Spanish words as you like, because I think it's really hot, really caliente. When we're talking about marketing to Hispanics in the... When we're talking about marketing to Hispanics, we're really talking about it in the U.S. But companies, what about Hispanics outside of the U.S. that companies are also trying to reach? Do we have to, do they need to market that in a totally different way? Um, Well, you know, you you look at, again, again, the thing is, I look at two separate markets. I consider the U.S. Hispanic market to be one fully immense marketplace to do business. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Latin America, and each country in Latin America also has its own little technicalities of how to market to. But when you, when you look at a broader picture, you say, okay, well, Latin America is comprised of Colombia and Argentina and all of the Central American states and all of these different little countries um, that pull together to make one country, but each one is an independent country. Mm-hmm. Whereas the United States, each state could be the size of one of these countries, and we're looking at the whole contiguous United States put, pulled together as one mm-hmm. big giant country. Um, so yeah, the way that you market to, to a mass like the U.S. Hispanic market is, is different than how you would market into Argentina or into Costa Rica or into one of these Latin American countries. Well, that kind of leads me to what I wanted to talk about, I think. I don't know if this is too much of a leap, but it sort of leads us into talking about the Internet because, I mean, that is one thing that's definitely drawing everybody together. Um, you know, what, what role is the Internet playing in marketing, specifically marketing to Hispanics? Well, the Internet as a whole is, uh, is an area of tremendous growth, particularly mm-hmm. in the Hispanic market. And that is, um, I think, one primary reason for that is that traditionally landlines in many of the other countries other than the United States were never really very good. Mm-hmm. So once we had the opportunity to provide cellular technology to many people, there were many people living in, in, in countries in South America that didn't have a telephone. And now all of a sudden they have a cell phone. Wireless capabilities have started to, to they, they adapted to this technology very quickly and have used this and are very acclimated to computers, to the Internet, to using it as a resource, to finding out, getting information on brands or for help. Hispanics have become very, very, very close to, to, the, to the Internet and to technology. It opens a, a tremendous door for, for being able to market to them in ways that you can reach them. And do you think companies are taking advantage of that to the to as much as they could? I think that some companies are really. I mean, some companies are are totally focused on that. Um, I'm trying one one company um, that is looking to try to reach a a, a particular demographic is. Uh, now you have to forgive me because I work with so many different things that I, a lot of these <laughs> examples like come and they go. But, um, we have to forgive you because you can't remember an example. Yeah, no, man. Well, if you go back to the beginning of the show, you see that my history was very long. I mean, it's rained a lot since I got started. <laughs> At the ancient age that you now are of uh, 38? Of 38. Of 38. Who, who, who's, who's interested in 
technology, who gravitates toward. Here's a, here's a concept that's easy to understand. Kids and it's gravitate. Move us away from how old you are. Okay, yes. Kids, kids gravitate to, to computers mm-hmm. as such. So they're one particular segment of the population that is growing tremendously and very rapidly within the Hispanic community that um, is fully assimilated to using technology. Nintendo recognizes this. They also recognize that these kids prefer to speak English to to their friends and on the outside, even though they do speak English at home. But Mm -hmm. are they watching Sabado Gigante and some of these other programs? Of course not. So the campaigns that Nintendo sets up and that even Xbox puts together are in English geared geared towards Hispanic minors to try to convince them that they should become, you know, buy into the games. 13 to seven, that 13 to 17-year-old segment is, is a popular uh, area of growth for people that are familiar with the Internet, familiar with technology, and that use it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that kind of brings me to something that I also wanted to talk to you about, which is like these crossover stars like Jennifer Lopez or... Maybe she's not a great example of a, a crossover story, but her husband, Mark Anthony, what role do, do they play in sort of the, the Hispanics that aren't as assimilated and the ones that are? I'm sorry, could you say that again? <laughs> the whole thing, or where should I start? <laughs> <laughs> Just the relevant part. <laughs> what do you want to know? Can I say that again? <laughs> what do you want to know? Frankie, we're on a timetable here. Okay, I have a lot of stuff to talk to you about. <laughs> what I was saying is crossover stars, like... Um, Mark Anthony, what role, or Ricky Martin, or what role do you see them playing in reaching um, Hispanics, maybe who aren't as assimilated as, um, you know, as some of their, who aren't as assimilated? Wow. I think that from the 2000 census, Ricky Martin's Living La Vida Loca, um, the, the, the ascension of Jennifer Lopez and Shakira and all of these artists, they're, they're one of the main reasons that have, that, that have brought to the forefront Hispanics that really have kind of made mainstream Hispanic. And um, I think that in, as the future goes along, you know, I, mm-hmm. I have a funny theory that, that I think the next big uh, Oprah in the Hispanic market is going to be an American-born Hispanic that's going to come out of of this 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 media world and is going to be like the next Hispanic Oprah Winfrey mm-hmm. and um, I, in English you know, or for everybody I think it's going to be a for everybody thing because you know they're going to be able to bring in a lot of the culturally relevant issues that are interesting to Hispanics and also be able to convey and communicate that message in both a language that people can understand as mm-hmm. well as in English that the general market can understand. I mean, one, one, one way where I saw the Hispanic market kind of worming its way into the American mind was uh, when Living La Vida Loca came out, and I saw Chris Rock comedy act, and the guy started singing Living La Vida Loca, and he wouldn't stop singing it. And in the end, he said, you know, I can't get that song out of my head because it's, it's infectious. You know, the, the, I think the culture, Hispanic culture is infectious. Once you really uh, learn a little bit about it and you start to taste into it and grab a little bite, all of a sudden the passion of it all starts to take you in and you become really immersed in what it's all about. And uh, many young people today that in the 70s and even in the early 80s were kind of avoiding their, their culture and they wanted to be American. They didn't want to speak Spanish. 
today speak Spanish. I mean, my, my heritage is Cuban-French. Mm-hmm. I was born in this country, and my son and daughter were born in this country as well. But yet, if you ask them, you know, what are you, they'll say they're Cuban. <laughs> and they have, you know, I mean, they're about as Cuban as... As I don't know the, the the conchita beans that are packaged here in Hialeah, Florida, but uh, they, they have no real Cuban roots other than their dad is from a Cuban mother, mm-hmm. and um, yet they associate themselves to that because they think it's cool. There's a coolness factor, and that's that's how the whole Hispanic culture is starting to worm its way into the American mind and become part of all of us. Well, do do you think that I mean? We're talking about marketing to different, you know, subsections of of Hispanics. But do you think people are looking to assimilate, or they're looking to? Is there more people that are there more people that are that are saying like, you know, I'm American, but I'm also Cuban, or are they they want to stay as they are? I think that there are many people who are looking to become, you know what, when you come to this country, it doesn't matter where you're from, you come here to live the American dream. Uh, I've traveled many places around the world, and to me, the United States is like Disneyland when you compare it to the other countries. Mm -hmm. And many people come here because they want to be part of this American dream. So the immigrant that comes and has children or brings their children, the message that they instill in them is... You need to be, you need to learn English, you need to learn the American way, you need to be part of this country so that you can grow and be successful in this environment. And they also instill in them a very firm belief of where they came from. You know, mm-hmm. this, this is your ancestry, this is who you are, and this is, these are the foods that you eat, these are the holidays that we celebrate, and this is how we do it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they only have to speak Spanish. They become assimilated and immersed in our country and also start to pick up and tap into things that are important to American consumers, like brands. Brands, all of, the, all of a sudden, they become very brand relevant and very brand conscious. And Do you that, think Hispanics, are, um, in general, are very brand conscious? Absolutely. Yes? Absolutely. More so than uh, Americans? Yeah. And I think that they're also more brand loyal. Uh, Yanklevich does tremendous psychographic studies on the Hispanic consumer. And mm-hmm. some of the results that they've come back with indicate that um, a Hispanic consumer is more concerned with the brand that they purchase than the price. And that's something that's not to be said with the general market consumer. Um, they it also, is to be said with me, by the way, just for uh, the record. <laughs> they, they also um, they, they will purchase a brand that they've heard about and recognized and seen in an advertisement more than a brand that they hadn't seen in an advertisement because for some reason they feel that there's a credibility to that particular product. So they're more likely to purchase that product and they feel more confident with that product. Mm-hmm. So That's interesting. Yeah, these are little key things about the Hispanic consumer and Hispanic market here in the U.S. that, that I think are very relevant to many corporations. And that's why they're waking up to the opportunity. Well, maybe that can bring us to talking a little bit about why you should have left your cushy job to start to start this new company, Hispanic Marketing Group. Why start it now, and what's it about? Well, Hispanic Marketing Group is really to address a niche. I'm all about the niches. You know, you really need to find an area and uh, and focus on that and try to bring a solution to that. 
And what I see, in, I see a couple of things in the Hispanic market. One, there are not enough solid Hispanic marketers being brought into the corporate pipeline that can help motivate the vision for these corporations as mm-hmm. to what the Hispanic opportunity is about. That's one area, and, I, and that's just through my relationship with major retailers and different manufacturers across the country. And the other is that I think although there are many extraordinarily creative and talented advertising agencies and marketing agencies out there, a lot of them have been in the business for a long time, and they're big dogs that move slow and don't address the smaller fish in the pond that really provide the platform for uh, a larger growth. And um, I, I feel that there's many companies out there that have small budgets that really want to break into the U.S. marketplace, and they don't, they don't have a clue how to do it. There's also a lot of money coming in from Latin American countries where the governments are very unstable. And um, the, you know, the, the pretty much the entrepreneurs of these countries are feeling uncomfortable in their countries, and they want to come here and enter into the U.S. marketplace where they have more stability and ability to be able to, to do what they do best. And uh, these are opportunities that are growing every day, and I feel that there's not enough out there to address it and provide good, solid service into the space. And that's really pretty much why I jumped into that. Hmm, interesting, interesting. I want to take a little... Oh, oh let's step. And if somebody wanted to contact you, could, could they email you or...? Uh, yes, they could. What's your email address? Uh, well, I'm Hispanic Marketing Group. It's okay. uh, actually, email it to frank at mm-hmm. hispanicmarketinggroup.com. Excellent, excellent. So let's do this. Let's take a break, and when we come back, I want to talk to you about the PR Week Hispanic Roundtable that you were recently part of at the Trendy Trendy Shore Club. Okay, we'll be back right after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. The Hook. We'll be back after this short break. Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time, work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the Planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, ClickTracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what ClickTracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. 
I am jealous of Katie Kempner. If you're listening to her show, she's got this fabulous kind of hip-hop intro. There are no good songs about Susan. I love Shrek. I'm an ogre. Well, see, you're my kind of guy. You're technical, you're super smart, and you're tall and handsome. We need a little time, you know, to be together. Fantastic. You're too hot not to be married. Some woman snatched you up already. Is that right? Fiona and I are married now. And you sound like a Texan. Are you a native Texan? I'm an ogre. All right. Will you play a little game with me? Oh, you mean like sorting the mail and watering the plants? You don't have to kiss my butt or anything. Don't worry. Ad Tech Connect. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Join the club. We've got jackets. Now back to The Hook. The intersection of advertising and PR. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hi, we're back. I'm Katie Kemner, and I am talking to Frank Trulonk, founder and president of the Hispanic Marketing Group. Hola, Frank. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> No matter what I say, you won't say anything past caliente. I don't understand it. <laughs> Maybe you need a cocktail or two talking about cocktails. Perhaps. A little <laughs> mojito. So let me ask you this. I know you were recently part of PR Week's Hispanic Roundtable at the, at the Shore Club, and I thought on the one hand it was kind of indicative of where things are going, and I applaud PR Week for seeing that this is something that really needs to be talked about, and I was curious, sort of, any of the insights, um, or, or what the event was, and any of the insights that you, you came away with. Well, the event uh, was a, essentially a roundtable of key Hispanic marketers, advertising people, and PR people, and mm-hmm. uh, included some uh, friends of mine, uh, Fernando Figueredo from Porter Novelli, also worked at, Amer- at America Online for many years, uh, Christopher Perez from Euro RSCG, uh, Marta Pantin from American Airlines, Director of Communications, I mean, some real key people, uh, Manny Vries from Hispanic PR Wire. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea was to bring these heads in and essentially touch on what is the Hispanic market. Really, you know, kind of do a uh, a hook with Katie Kempner. <laughs> bring, in, uh, bring in the concept of what is the Hispanic market, where has it come from, and what's the future of it, and what's the, the vision of it. And uh, a lot of the things that we've spoken about today were really many of the things that were put on the table and discussed at the time. And I think that the, the, key, the key component or the key thing that really we, at least I walked away with at that meeting, was that we've come a long way, but we haven't done enough. There's mm-hmm. still a long road to travel to getting into the U.S. Hispanic market space. And uh, it's obvious that some companies have come to the plate and many others are still slow to move but will come eventually. And it's a question of guiding them to be able to come into the into this space and be able to be successful in this space in a positive way and not get burned. Mm-hmm. Um, you had asked me, not, not to cut you off, but you had asked me about um, Internet usage. Here I popped into my PC and my database, and mm-hmm. I see that there's, there's one study that shows that Hispanics, Hispanics that say they use the inter- Internet more than five times per week has risen over 45%. Therefore, 
65% of the U.S. Hispanic population currently uses the Internet for research, for information, for finding ads, for coupons. Uh, you know, that's, that's one example of how Hispanics have become part of the mainstream and how they're really acclimating themselves to what America is about and the growth of America and being part of it, really. You know, you you keep mentioning um, how Hispanics are sort of acclimating and becoming part of the mainstream. I mean, do you anticipate a time where there isn't going to be a need for Hispanic marketing when it's all just going to be one thing? Uh, no. I think that Hispanic marketing is going to be a relevant, a relevant uh, tool in the arsenal of, of putting out information and communicating uh, mm-hmm. forever, really, because... Aside from the, the, the language barrier, the language difference of English to Spanish, there's many cultural sensitivities that have to be addressed and need to be monitored in order to, to put out a successful campaign. And being able to understand those elements really can make or break, break a campaign. And that's, that's where I see the greatest need for marketing. And also, as in the general market space, once you start to become... Uh, once we start to see more media channels opening up. I mean, it used to be Telemundo and Univision were your big animals for getting your TV commercials out into the, into the marketplace mm-hmm. on a spot level or a national level. Today, we see an entire plethora of premium uh, media channels, television channels, newspapers, magazines, all kinds of stuff that are coming into the marketplace to try to capture the attention of the Hispanic consumer. And that, um, you know... That's, that's pretty heavy because all of a sudden your message needs to become more uh, concise, more direct, more specific. Uh, the, the, which channel, which medium you decide to put it on could make a difference. Are you trying to reach uh, traditional immigrant Hispanics that just came to the country? Are you trying to reach young Hispanics that are watching cool programming? I mean, these, these, these are the things that will make a difference as far as uh, marketing to Hispanics today and also into the future. Well, you know, you said something that I wanted to go back to, um, and we, you've almost helped me segue into it, although not exactly. So. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I wanted to, you said that you had gone to the upfront, so um, I wanted to ask you, um, well, what, were there any really great parties at the upfronts? Because I find that I like to in, interject at least something about really cool parties on any show. No, actually, I'm kidding. Um, but I want, <laughs> you're like, where is this going? <laughs> Cocktails, parties. Sometimes I try to throw in stuff about true religion jeans on the hopes that someone will send me one a pair someday. Um, no, I wanted to ask you, um, I digress, about Univision. You said that Univision isn't even competing with um, with Telemundo. They're they're competing with like NBC. Right. They have, they have essentially uh, positioned themselves. Well, one, you have to understand that some of their stations in key top markets in the United States are actually the number one station for the area. Like mm-hmm. in South Florida, Univision is the number one TV station, period, above ABC, NBC, and CBS. Um, so what, what, they've, what they've done is they've said, you know, hey, we have 41, 41, 43, depending on which uh, report you're looking at, million Hispanics out there in the United States, and we are the dominant network that can reach these Hispanics. And also knowing that Hispanics provide the, the fastest growth in the country and that will at one point be the dominant population in this country, um, they're positioning themselves for that. 
But but all their programming is in Spanish, right? There's no there's no they're not changing that. Their programming is in Spanish, and their philosophy is that Hispanics prefer to be reached in Spanish, and therefore mm-hmm. that's what they provide. But but they now, do you prefer to be reached in Spanish? Um, I do not. <laughs> I do not, and that's you know that's where you you have a crossover because I am a prime example of a fully assimilated Hispanic consumer. I buy brands. I can afford to do whatever I want to do. And I love black beans and rice, and I love all my Spanish food and everything else that I, you know, the, the heritage of it all. But yet I don't really watch Spanish-language television. I prefer to watch English-language television. And my message is much better suited to reach me in English than it would be in Spanish. What's your favorite show? Um, what Not to Wear. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it keeps me on point. As well as should. should. (laughs) So, hey, by the way, as long as we are talking sort of about the upfronts, did you go to any really cool parties? I did, as a matter of fact. Actually, I went to a couple of very cool parties. And I have to say, they were all good. Everything, everywhere I went, I think that the the whole upfront programs were very professionally put together. They provided uh, an enormous amount of information and insight for the future of the year and how to be able to better help your clients um, and integrate them. And they also offered a lot of new opportunities of integration, which I thought was interesting. And I also saw a lot of reality shows. seems like uh, the reality craze is, has taken over the Hispanic market as well. It's taken over me as well. I, am, I, love, I love reality shows, especially ones about plastic surgery. I don't know why. <laughs> the gorier, the better. Uh. The one- once again, I digress. Very <laughs> we don't have that much more time, and there's a couple of things I really want to get to to ask you. So let's just move on past the plastic surgery shows and talk about technology. Okay. You <laughs> touched on it a little bit earlier um, when we were talking about telephones. But I wanted to know, I mean, you know, I've had an, a number of guests on the show where I've asked them, you know, do you think people will be watching TV on their telephones or not just about telephones, but what role do you see and does it differ at all? Maybe it doesn't. In What role do you see technology playing in Hispanic marketing going forward? Well, I think that as far as technology is concerned, you know, one, the fact that, the fact that, that Hispanics outside of the United States have had a head start just like the Asian cultures have had a head start and the European cultures have had a head start on the United States with cell phone technology mm-hmm. and the advancement. These guys were doing text messages five years ago. You know, now it's like, woo, let's send a text message, you know. See, uh, that would have been a perfect place, by the way, to say something in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Arriba! So uh, they, there's a, they, they, have a, they have an advantage or an edge that they've, acclimated themselves to, to new technology and using this to communicate and to seek out information. It's brought them closer together. Mm-hmm. It's made their language more relevant and more solidified and their culture more solidified. And um, I think that convergence at the end of the day is really the future of technology. You know, uh, uh, one of the TiVo engineers, um, when they were touting how wonderful TiVo was and, you know, are you, they asked, a reporter had asked him, are you proud of the accomplishment that you've made? And he said, you know, I'll feel that I have reached my goal of accomplishment when the box disappears off the top of the TV set. And the, the, what I, the relevancy of that statement is that when the TV set disappears and it becomes part of your computer 
and all of the, the all of the technology that we currently have in pieces. You know, we have a cell phone, and we have a BlackBerry, and we have all these different devices. When all these devices converge into one device, that's a multi-communication tool. Um, it's your PDA and everything else built into one. Your entertainment tool, your guides, your map. That's when uh, that that that's really where the where the wave of the future is. And all wireless, of course. And Hispanics having an edge on using this technology, I think, will fully take advantage of that. Do you think? I mean, that you raise an excellent point, but I just ha- I have to just backtrack for one second. I mean, do you really see a day when you will be watching what not to wear on your telephone as opposed to on your TV? Because, I mean, don't you want to sit around with everybody, all those what not to wear fans, and watch it together? Of course. And you will. And you will. And while you're watching what not to wear, and they decide what outfit, you know, that the woman is wearing or the man is wearing, that looks great. If you particularly like that outfit, you'll be able to say, ooh, let me buy that. Point at it, pick it, and purchase it, or it'll give you the information on where to get it, and you can buy it right there online, right on the screen. Now, that would be very dangerous technology for me to, to, for me to have my hands on. <laughs> of course, of course. But that's, I think that the way that we'll have a flat panel TV and this, this convergence of technology and ability to, to go out and, and reach into the Internet and do all of these different things will also happen on your telephone. So when you're sitting there waiting for a business meeting or moving along, you become ex- extremely productive. And if you're at a bus and you're riding the subway or whatever it is you're commuting and you want a little bit of entertainment, you can drop, download a couple of songs and listen to them or you can pop into your favorite TV show and watch that video on demand. Or this listen is, to your favorite podcast. Or listen to your favorite podcast. Um, like these the are with Katie Kempner. <laughs> of course. These are, these are the things that in the future... And not so distant future because we see a lot of this technology today. It's just not fast enough. Just the networks have to get quicker. And so, works. if you had one, I mean, what do you think then? Because we sort of are going to sum it up. What What do you think the biggest challenge uh, marketers face going forward, reaching Hispanics? You know, and how they're going to be able. What is their biggest challenge today going today? forward? I think the biggest challenge today is twofold. One convincing certain, uh, consum- certain, certain uh, companies or product manufacturers or retailers that the Hispanic market is a viable market that is achievable and also can be reached without having to dig too, too deeply into your pocket is the first step. And um, I also think that for the future to find creative ways to get your message across because it's starting to become a very bungled uh, jarbled uh, space out there, and there's a lot of a lot of different ways to get your message across. And you know, you could have a great campaign and miss with the with the media that you choose to use it to launch it with, or vice versa. You know, bad campaign and great media. So really, uh, being able to understand what the marketplace is about, being understand, uh, being able to understand the different uh, cultural cues that are provided by the different ethnicities or different, different countries that people come from. Uh, I think these are the, the hardest tasks. It seems like it's a very exciting time to be in this field. Extraordinarily exciting. I really I get excited just thinking about it. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I think I'm ready for a cocktail. <laughs> we both are. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the show, and I constantly am trying to hone this into a better question and more succinct. I think I need to hone my questions better. But one thing that I really 
admire about you is that you embrace change. And some people, I mean, you've had several very cushy positions where some people would just sort of ride that out, and yet you're, you constantly are looking and thinking and going different places, which is something that some people worry about. And I just was wondering, you know, I think you'd be a good person to give any advice that you could give someone listening who may be starting out or really looking to make a change in their career and they don't know how, quite how to do it. My direct advice to, to people is something that my mom used to tell me all the time. She said, if you really want to learn how to swim, jump in. If you really, really want something to happen and you really want it to work and you believe in it, jump in because you will find a way. Your passion, your intelligence, your knowledge, all of these things combined together will help you find the way. And in the Hispanic market, in this particular field, the one that I have chosen to dedicate my life to, and now what I've chosen to jump back into as a, as a marketer, um, is one that I feel a lot of passion for. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And I personally welcome smart, bright people to jump into this space and to really make a difference, because we need it. And it's a big space, it's a growing space, and the more intelligent and bright people and articulate people that come into the space, uh, the better off we're all going to be. Well, Frankie, thank you so much. I had so much fun. Even though I couldn't get you to speak in Spanish more, I still had a really nice time. I hope you did, too. Bueno, muchas gracias. <laughs> y nos vemos so pronto, ¿no? Thank you for joining me, and, and thank you all for listening. Please join me next Tuesday at the intersection of advertising and PR for The Hook. Have a great day. Goodbye, Frankie, and goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.